0: Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar," where we discuss current events in the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention.
1: And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We can't discuss all of the headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. How's your May going? It's almost June. I
0: know. Um,
1: And I feel like
0: it was just yesterday that I was like, It's going to be May, and now it's June. It's going to be May.
1: I don't understand where the time is going, and I'm leaving for Europe in two weeks, and I'm just trying to wrap things up. I passed on a lead today to one of my team because I was like, I can't take on anymore. I've Mm got to be ramping down right now a little bit. So it's been going good, though. Nothing too crazy hectic. How about you? About
0: the same. Uh, I am always grateful that I (laughs) close my calendar for a little bit because I Mm -hmm. at least get some time to breathe, do some reading that I've been wanting to do, and just do an overall haul of the agency and be able to help out my associates a little bit more. So all in all, I've been really enjoying this little bit of a downtime. Uh, So yeah, all in all, really, really, really wonderful. And it's so smart that you are not taking on anything Right before you leave for your, because you want to enjoy your trip.
1: No, yeah. It was also an FIT, which I'm really trying to cut out of my life. So, um, but it was a referral from a good client, so I might've wavered, but because I'm leaving in two weeks, I was like, I can't. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Set those boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Enforce those boundaries.
1: That's right. Before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network. Trav Market Media, head on over to travelmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business.
0: First on our list is an article on Travel Weekly and it is a topic that I am interested in discussing because it talks about moving on from social media and it highlights an advisor who actually got rid of her social media accounts, mm-hmm. which to me is like giving me a little bit of uh, heartburn? I don't know. I don't know. Or anxiety. Yeah, but yes. However, there are days where I just think to myself, you know, it'd be so nice if I could just get rid of it all. But in my mind, I feel like I need it for business related things and to stay connected to certain people. So there's no other way. I'm not going to email everyone like, hey, how's your week going? Show me some photos.
1: Yeah. I got to tell you, I do not need social media at all. All of my clients are repeat and referral. It is the only reason I keep up with it is for the the legitimacy of the business overall. And, you know, we have eight new advisors coming on. So I want when they start going out there and saying, I'm working with this new company, I want a place where people can go and look and see that we are a legit business. But I absolutely for myself to keep my business going because it's all repeat and referral. I do not need social media whatsoever.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's been a while since I actually marketed for new clients on social. It's just there for me to do stories so people know like, hey, Therese is pretty cool as a person. Um, But aside from that, I think this is so awful to say. I think the last post I made was in February where (laughs) I got so overwhelmed. Yeah, it was in February. You didn't even know because I am on Instagram now
1: stories. Now that you say it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm on Instagram stories all the time. And so people can keep up with me there. And so I'm like, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm not going to stress myself out in trying to gain new clients. I don't need that right now. I just need to focus on the inquiries I'm getting as well as clients who are traveling. But I will do Instagram stories as I do love stories. I really like following other people on stories. And so yeah. I'm like, if I can keep one thing up to date, that's what I'm going to do.
1: You know, lots. there's lots of, I follow a lot of marketing specialists and many of them say the magic is in the stories, that mm-hmm. posting, it doesn't even matter. Um, like I said, for my travel business, I have those static posts because I want someone to be able to go look through the feed if they're just looking into us to see that we're not some, you know, fly by night operation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I feel like you get more engagement and connection in the stories for sure.
0: A hundred percent, because you can post things that are just your daily life. And I feel like people engage with that so much more, whether they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Or they'll be like, oh, I feel the same way on this particular topic that I talked about. So I think I give myself grace in terms of that. I'm like, as long as I'm showing up one way or another, so people know I'm doing okay. And that, you know, we're still going on. Like I can stand not to do an actual, actual post post.
1: It's nice too. It's not that much commis- commitment. commitment. <laughs> I almost said commission. It's not that much commitment. So For people who are a little more shy, if they're going to get on video or something, it's going to be gone in 24 hours. No one's going to be able to find it. So that's kind of a nice way to dip your toe in while you get comfortable with doing video and things like that. So
0: The advisor in this article that they talk about, her name is Lila Fox, and she's the owner of Lila Fox Travel Company in Denver. And uh, she, it says here that she enjoyed sharing creative pursuits, like writing on blogs and social media. But over time she found her presence on Facebook and Instagram had become a drain. When she was online, she felt like she needed to answer clients immediately because they could see a green dot next to her name and it made it difficult to enforce boundaries. Further, she said um, she saw her friends and followers using social posts as megaphones for their beliefs on polarizing topics instead of discussing them. There was, as she put it, no room for dissent. Mm -hmm. And she's quoted as saying, I think it's the root cause of a lot of problems and division when that's not been my experience in reality when people have actual conversations. Agreed. And on one hand, yes, absolutely. And on the other, I feel like social media is also something where you can decide what you want to show up on your feed. If there are certain mm-hmm. people who are doing very incendiary things, just go ahead and snooze them. Go ahead and unfollow them. You can still be friends. You can just unfollow them. Yep. But for like to her point where she said that her clients are seeing the green dot and expecting her to respond immediately. This is when for me, if it is late at night and they see the green dot and they send me a message regarding their trip or work, they get to the green dot. I am not answering. I'm not, you know, they can see it all they want. I don't feel bad for not answering because it's not business no. hours. So no. that is more of like, you have to mentally be strong to enforce that boundary and not feel like you have to respond.
1: I never even noticed that. Like, I don't know who's online and who's not. I did, but, <laughs> but I, I, I'm with you. I would not feel obligated at nine o'clock at night to answer someone. Yeah, absolutely not.
0: And also you kind of train your clients to reach out in a way that you prefer. So I know for you, mm-hmm. if there's an emergency, you have to put a specific word in the t- the subject line of the email and not or text me or or text yeah. and not go through social media channels.
1: I mean, you can try, but I mean, I don't know what, what, like, I just don't get reliable Facebook messenger notifications, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So I tell people like, this is not the most reliable way to reach me. Mm -hmm. If you're not in a hurry, that's fine. But just so you know, I don't, and I I try to stay off. I've been getting sucked in a little bit more lately, but I go through waves where I don't look at Facebook at all, but I always, we have our private agent group in there, so I can't be Mm -hmm. completely off of it anyway, but- Anyhow, it says that um, Lila Fox did not stage an elaborate exit from social media. Instead, one day in 2017, she posted in the morning that she was deleting her Facebook account with a note that it had been fun, but no longer was. (laughs) She stayed on Instagram a little bit longer because she was a photographer and she thought it was a great place to showcase her work. But then she started to have the same issues that she did with Facebook. So then in 2020, she downloaded all of her posts to an archive and deleted Instagram too. And she isn't alone. In talking with colleagues, especially women advisors and agency owners, more are expressing a desire to leave social media. And she said, but there's a fear attached to it, like, what am I going to miss? Am I going to become irrelevant? Am I going to lose business? And she said she concedes that leaving social media isn't an option for everyone. For many, it is an important source of business. And she even credits her social accounts with spreading awareness about her agency in its early days. So she said... I would never tell people that you have to get off social media. Of course not. If you like it and that's working by all means, but if you don't like it and it's not working, but you're staying out of fear and fear of missing out, then we can have a conversation and I can help you get over that.
0: And she even says that she hasn't lost business due to her absence on social channels. She said two of her biggest clients who are also among her earliest clients and ones she's always enjoyed working with are off social media themselves, which helped, clue her into the fact that social wasn't working for them either. So today she displays her photographs in a more analog way. Um, One of her photos is hanging in a local art center. Um, And she says that it's it's just a different way to put the idea of travel in front of people that makes people stop for a minute. Technology and social media are so, so, so fast. It takes a lot to get someone to stop and really look at something.
1: I love that. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah.
0: And I also think it's important for us to think about, you know, what you have in place if there is no social media. We've gone through times where Instagram was down, Twitter was down, Facebook was down. And if that's all you're using um, and you're hinging your marketing efforts on those channels, you need to have a backup, whether that's like email marketing, which is the most popular, your website, like something. You need to have a backup to be able to reach people even though like in my mind I think it would be nice to not have social media I know for a fact that I could not and I'm including TikTok into social media yeah. like oh for sure I can I can never be completely off social media because I feel like I wouldn't know what's going on and I want to know what's going on yeah
1: and I'm not going to you know with how many things I've or, learned like, on TikTok yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Okay, our next article is from Travel Pulse, and it has been a while since we have touched on this, so I thought it'd be a good time to circle back and talk about how ASTA advocates for the travel agency community. If you've been a long-time listener, you know that we're big fans of ASTA, and we have had this conversation before, but it doesn't hurt to um, kind of regroup for those newer listeners if you are not fully aware of what ASTA does for us. I
0: think like when we first started talking about ASTA though, it was during the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. they were advocating for different things. So I think this article is great because it talks about the ongoing advocacy that ASTA is doing for travel advisors. And I feel like anytime there's like a big decision to be made in terms of policy or things are going up for a vote Um, Even on a state and local level, not just a federal level, ASTA is always there to advocate for the travel advisor, because I feel like not enough people know who are making these overarching decisions on policies like they don't know the details of what it takes to be a travel advisor, how we run our businesses and all these things. So thank you, ASTA, for being on that front for us.
1: Yeah. And just in case you don't know who ASTA is, it is the American Society of Travel Advisors. And they are our advocates up in D.C. They are working Capitol Hill, making sure that we are represented. We have an interesting business model. It is not always fully understood. There have been times in the not too distant past where um, our model has been threatened by legislation, particularly in California and in situations like that or like a pandemic or everything that's going on with American Airlines lately, ASTA is there to be like our collective representative.
0: And one thing that I really love that ASTA does is they put the travel advisor experience and story in the mainstream media channels. So Mm -hmm. um, you have you know, like Good Morning America, New York Times, CNN, like the channels that are consumed by regular people who are just turning on the news, MSN, the Boston Globe, USA Today, NBC, Wall Street Journal, all these um, publications, all these news channels, they are putting our details in front of them, like why you should hire a travel advisor, how travel advisors came in handy during the pandemic and, you know, reasons that you should, you know, be working with one. So these Articles are so easy for us to just share on our social media channels or Mm -hmm. in our email marketing. And it really provides more legitimacy to our industry because oftentimes something that's really frustrating for me is that I don't feel like our industry garners the same level of respect as a lot of other industries. People think they can do this on their own or they think planning travel is super easy. The coordination is super easy where we know that it's not always the case.
1: hmm The article says that among the current issues ASTA is addressing are the FAA reauthorization and the new distribution capability that I mentioned launched by American Airlines, both of which can have a major effect on how travel agencies do business. To make sure that agency interests are heard, Aston members and leaders will travel to Washington, D.C. next month for the society's annual legislative day. The day includes training as well as meetings with legislators.
0: ASTA, they also conduct studies and they help agencies to stay on top of a fast-moving marketplace. And I think we did touch on this article in one of our previous episodes. Um, In their latest research, they asked what respondents were spending their discretionary income on. And the top response was travel with 47% listing travel as their number one discretionary purchase, followed by home improvements and new computers. So um, when asking specifically about leisure travel, 63% of consumers surveyed say uh, they have travel plans between now and the end of the year, with 30% saying they plan to travel internationally. So it gives us a really good look into what consumers are thinking. So they do conduct this really helpful research just for us to know um, in case we're strategizing for the rest of the year, the next year and a half, two years
1: Yep. And the article asks, so how is ASTA helping travel advisors to meet this increased demand? Travel destinations and other providers of travel experiences recognize the importance of travel advisors in securing new business and growing their bottom line. And they know there's currently a shortage of travel advisors, so they want to help. To that end, Norwegian Cruise Lines recently provided ASTA with $250,000 in seed money to help us create and market our Future Travel Professionals program designed to attract and educate people from all career fields and backgrounds on the benefits of a career as a travel advisor. And he said that the response to that effort has been impressive. To date, more than a thousand people have downloaded their free information on what it's like to be a travel advisor, and many have subsequently signed up for their roadmap to becoming a travel advisor, which is a course that will provide them with the basic knowledge and information to begin a career as a travel advisor.
0: It says here that ASTA also advocates for travel agencies by helping to connect travel advisors with new business. Uh, Bowman says, we're also capitalizing on the increased demand for leisure travel and using social media and other digital platforms to drive customers to our travel advisor members. Our TripQuote program is a web-based resource where consumers can enter the parameters for their dream vacation into a database, as the travel advisor members can then access that information through our consumer leads platform and connect with those potential customers. Launched recently, we've seen activity on this site increase exponentially with even small-scale social
1: media and digital promotions. Okay, and let's talk about how this work is funded. (laughs) It's by us. Become a member is what we're telling you. This is the best (laughs) money you can spend to invest in yourself. It says the organization's advocacy work is funded in part by ASTA's annual advocacy dinner, which this year took place during the ASTA Global Convention in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and raised more than $325,000 for advocacy and policy efforts. You can go to ASTA.org and become a member at any time. And there are many perks. One of the things I tell people all the time because I do a lot of these CRM setups and travel join and a lot of advisors don't have terms and conditions. The best thing you can do, of course, is go to an attorney and get terms and conditions. If that is out of reach for you, ASTA has some pretty good templates in there. I used their COVID waiver during mm-hmm. the last three, three years. Yes. There are lots of resources. So not only would you be supporting your representative out there in the world, but also there are plenty of resources on the website to help you um, with your business. So it's very wise investment.
0: Last on our list is an article from Travel Age West by Ken Shapiro. It's an editorial for a strategy for attracting bigger clients. And I know a lot of us are in a position where we're like, okay, what's next? Like the clients we have are great, but how do I attract the bigger clients with the bigger budgets? And the one thing that I think he really emphasizes here is the relationship that you have with your clients. And, you know, we talk about this, um you know when we when we talk about our client uh, like interface with our clients our interactions with our clients we don't want it to just be a transactional thing where we just take your credit card place the deposit full payment and that's it and that's why i think you know creating your workflow as part of your systems is so important because you have different touch points where it's not just deposit and then silence until full payment and then silence until the trip. Like you really want to have a great relationship with them and make it a great experience so that they remember you and can provide those referrals. And one of the things that we had talked about prior to recording is even if you get a client or a lead where it's not the right fit for you, whether it's the budget's too small or you you don't typically book that kind of cruise, it's important to still treat them as if they were um, like a client. I think, you know, we Mm -hmm. used to say like, or we still, I still do this where it's like, if they're not a good fit, you can say no, but here is where I suggest you look, or it's not just a flat. No, it's let me point you in the right direction.
1: I also think it's important. You know, I, I do preach a lot about boundaries and I want you to have them. But you really have to look at the big picture and again, not thinking transactionally and saying, okay, maybe this person just wants a basic week-long Caribbean cruise this time and it's not very expensive and it's not a huge commission, but is it easy? Does this person perhaps know other people who might become bigger clients for you? Are they younger and will probably make more and more and more money over time? I have so many clients that I started with 16 years ago and they were doing little four-night cruises and now you know we're putting them on river cruises and they're do- doing such bigger things. Depending on your business model, it's just in your best interest to look at the big picture. And one example I see all the time on a lot of the Facebook forums is like, my client wants this tour. I can't find it commissionable. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, look at the overall commission of the trip. Are you kidding me? You don't want to just book a little something for your client just because you can't make your $12? Like, that is serious transactional thinking and it is not going to get you into the big leagues for sure. Like, you need to look at every client relationship holistically look at what the future could possibly bring and approach approach it with that in mind i don't i'm not telling you you should start taking on a bunch of you know weekend trips to boston and three night carnival cruises but consider who you're talking to there's an um Advisor that they mentioned in here, Albert Andrew Valera, he is the founder of Everything Travel Guy, and he says he just tries to get the information about his services out there because he never knows where these clients are going to come from. He's found that many times a small booking will lead to a referral to a friend or relative or someone with a special occasion who has a bigger trip in mind. In your network, you can probably identify some sort of pied pipers, right? People Look to them for information. I have a handful of super cheap clients. They're always looking for, they're real flexible so they can just go whatever is the cheapest week to go on a cruise. But I love them because they have brought me so many bigger clients with bigger budgets because they're just out in their community. They're just, you know, social people. So mm-hmm. try to get at, this information. Try to identify when someone might actually be a bigger fish than what it initially <laughs> seems like, and right. and leverage that relationship.
0: Yeah, and one thing that Ken writes is um, he says to me, "What this strategy relies on is doing your best work for all clients." That's it right. It sounds simple, but you never really know when a small trip is going to lead to a major client. And similar to you, I have a client. He books with Hilton Honors points. Like he is so like. He's, he's well-traveled, he and his wife, um, and they're always looking for a really great deal. And I've booked them a few times when I first started. And even though they themselves do not book crazy large trips, like they were shocked by <laughs> the river cruise average pricing that I was telling them, I'm like, you need to be mentally prepared for it to be like 10 grand for the, for the two of you. And they were like shocked at how much that that was. And even though they're not high dollar clients and they really like to just book individual things. And oftentimes I'm just like, listen, you just go over here. Like this will be your best bet. Look here. Their referrals to me are so so good that I continue that relationship. I will answer, you know, a random question from him that's travel related, even though I'm not servicing that particular trip. If he's he's like, what's a transfer company that you use over here, where should I look? I'm like, go ahead, like check here. Cause I don't need that $10 commission from a transfer. I don't mind just telling him because he sends me such great referrals.
1: Yeah, you could send your project expedition link. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm often disappointed when I look in these forums and I see just a thread of people telling the poster how not to help someone. And while I don't, I want you to hold your boundaries. I don't want you to be used and abused. You're not sitting here with a salary from the universe giving out free travel advice. I just want you to look at the big picture and make decisions based on that instead of what's right in front of you in the moment because you could be cutting off your nose to spite your face. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ken Shapiro quotes Joe DiMaggio, who is the great outfielder for the Yankees. He said he played hard every day because he knew someone in the crowd was seeing him for the first time and he didn't want to disappoint them. He says advisors also need to consider that initial impression of their value, even if it's not necessarily driving a lot of revenue now, it can lead to greater things later on ready for excess baggage oh yeah all right it's time for excess baggage which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes according to travel market report tsa will now allow teens to access pre-check with parents or guardians go check out another article from travel market report called 25 qualifying questions to help you nail your client's vacation plans it's linked in the show notes Travel Pulse reports that American Cruise Lines is offering a new 35-day itinerary offering travelers the chance to visit nearly all major battlefields of the American Civil War. They also report that Mount Etna blew her top, disrupting air travel at Sicily's busy airport. An article from Travel Agent Central says that Pleasant Holidays and its luxury plan Brand Journeys have announced the launch of a newly refreshed Pleasant Pro Academy, the brand's shared travel advisor education and resource platform, plus updated content in their social media toolkit to help travel advisors boost sales and income through online platforms. Another one from them says that Turks and Caicos Tourism Board will cease to exist in its current state at the end of June, relaunching as Experienced Turks and Caicos, a destination marketing and management organization. AFAR reports that Brightline is expanding its high-speed train service to Orlando. Tickets between the new Orlando station and Miami are now on sale for travel beginning in late summer of 2023. According to Travel Weekly, New Luxury Line Explorer Journeys is recognizing travel advisors as pioneers if they book at least one cruise during the brand's inaugural year of operation. The pioneer status offers an invitation for a travel advisor and a guest To join a complimentary cruise between July 17, 2023 and May 31, 2024, they also gain access to special fares for personal travel and receive, receive a bonus commission on agent referrals in 2023. And our high note today is also from Travel Weekly. Royal Caribbean adds China in 2024, the first major cruise line to return. That's it for excess baggage.
0: Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it.
1: If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes.
0: Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you, you next week. week.
1: <laughs> Bye. Cass, yeah. no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cass, no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.